Ian? Ian? Mm. Have you got a stamp? A stamp? You mean the small gummed paper rectangle with the Queen's head on it? Do we still have those? Well, yes, yes, of course we do. I'm trying to send a post-holiday postcard to my Auntie Helena. Um, I always have those really good intentions that I'm going to send postcards whilst I'm away, but then I forget to post them or I can't actually translate, please may I have a stamp in my schoolgirl French and therefore I never post them on away <laughs> until I get home. But I'm hoping to get this one out in time for World Postcard Day. When's that? It's today, silly. Oh, so what's it about? I mean, aside from just postcards. Well, obviously <laughs> postcards. Um, it's an initiative by Post Crossing, which is this really cool worldwide project where you can sign up and send a uh, postcard and receive postcards with other postcard enthusiasts from around the world. I love that kind of thing. There was a book equivalent, I seem to remember. But wait, there, there are postcard enthusiasts. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I used to collect postcards myself. I'm such a geek. Really? <laughs> Have you still got them? We should post a picture well oh, i'm afraid not it went the way of my tin collection i was so rock and roll as a kid um <laughs> my vast 1980s vinyl hoard i'm afraid they just all went to charity shops and i got rid of everything oh that's a pity well post crossing seems pretty cool but what is world postcard day all about Well, it's a celebration of postcards. They are encouraging everyone to send a postcard and they're encouraging parents and teachers to help a child send their first postcard, which is awesome because it gets people like writing stories and and sending things to each other. However, best of all, I note that this year they have organised a new campaign postcard revolution 2020 forward the revolution forward the revolution uh smash the patriarchy um but i can't actually find out what that is or what that means but i think after our be more pirate episode i am definitely into the postcard revolution 2020 well it is brilliant actually to receive a postcard through your letterbox and it makes a nice change from all the crap and bad news that usually comes through it. Yeah and uh, pizza flyers. Yes. <laughs> if only it was flying pizzas that would be much better. Ooh. Oh that's a whole other episode isn't it flying pizzas. Yes it is. Mm. Well I suppose before we get out our pens and mini post office sets you know with the little stamps <laughs> and things we should introduce ourselves. I'm Amanda Denars Bewley. And I'm Ian Smith, and this is Dave's Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) We love that bit too much. (laughs) Back to World Postcard Day. Yeah, you should really check out the website. It has lesson plans in eight languages for teachers to use, including French. So maybe I can improve my uh, French and actually send a postcard on my next holiday. I once learned a phrase in French, which has always stayed with me. Je suis une grande treat vert. You are something... Uh, I'm a big green we... trout. <laughs> <laughs> I never found a social use for it. Well, I was, obviously I've just come back, not obviously, but I have just come back from three weeks in France and somebody complimented on me on my French and said, oh, you speak very well. And I was like, no, this is just schoolgirl French. And like, <laughs> where is my aunt or... La plume de ma tante. My stylo est bleu. It's not really very useful, is it? So <laughs> anyway, I was very impressed by the eight languages of the lesson plans. So yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. 
it looks like it has events listed all over the world, although disappointingly I can't see Ilkley mentioned. Well, we're doing our own thing for Ilkley Yorkshire. But I think we have stumbled on a truly international day here. Like some of our others, I think, are just marketing ploys. But this is a truly international <laughs> day. For instance, and here's a shout out for a listener in Sweden. Hello, Rene. <laughs> the Swedish Post Museum will be offering a 50% discount on postcards in their museum shop, which is located. Oh, I was going to say the address, but I can't because it's in Swedish. But it is in Stockholm, so... <laughs> You can Google it, Renee. <laughs> I think Renee will probably know where it is. It's probably around the corner from where she works. I love that we have a listener in Sweden. So I think that's awesome. We are an international podcast. We are truly international. There's also a really awesome history of postcards section on the World Postcard Day website. And um turns out postcards have been going since 1869. And there was a golden age of postcards from 1900 to 1915, which uh, obviously, despite being very old, I can't quite remember <laughs> myself. But there's a load of really interesting information on the site about the, the history and the golden age of postcards. But I think that we can one-up the website in this instance. Do you think so? How so? Well, we have a postcard expert reclining in the luxury of our green room right now. Ooh. Oh, really? Who is that? I don't know if he's reclining or not, to be fair. He might be just sitting down normally. But... <laughs> On the chaise lounge that we've uh, recently introduced. <laughs> we obviously have a chaise lounge, just in case anyone wants to recline while, while they're waiting to talk to us. <laughs> well, I don't wish to comment on what posture John may have adopted in the, in the green room, but he's John Sheehan, who has a, a project and a website called Ghost Postcards. And he investigates old postcards and tries to find out who they were from and to and what the stories are behind them. Oh, now that sounds really right up my street because I'm just so, such a nosy person that I think <laughs> that I love finding this out, the stories behind things. So uh, that is brilliant. Let's invite him in and ask him all about it. I think we need a sound effect for this, though, don't we? It's going to be the green room door, isn't it? Yes, I don't know why we don't just lubricate it properly, but instead, every week we... <laughs> <laughs> every week you make me do this noise. <laughs> I make you do it. I've never heard such nonsense in my whole life. Right, should we open the green room door? Go on, Amanda, you open it. Are you ready? <laughs> that squeak is getting worse. Well, at least we're not at sea this time. <laughs> What a lot of water involved there for that sound effect. <laughs> I, I feel that there might have been. Did you have to clean your microphone afterwards? <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Right, come on. We've got a guest. Welcome, John. Welcome to John. So, John, what did you think of our green room? Yes, it's, I've never been in a green room before, and this is um, set a, a good precedent for any other green rooms I go into. So very good, very good, very All the comforts of home, very well appointed. Yep. And did you like the snacks? <laughs> I particularly like the snacks. <laughs> Although I, do, I have to confess that I do have a problem with prosecco. It, it tends not to agree with me. Oh, uh, well, we'll have to find some other um, some other beverages. You need a bit. You need more choice there. Okay, more beverages. I'm sure we can work on that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And 
We're delighted to be celebrating international. It's a truly international awareness day or celebration day for postcards. And John, you run Ghost Postcards. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, it's it's a project really. What what I do is I get hold of old postcards, typically from the early 1900s and 1910s, and I research the background of the people who sent them or who received them with a view to getting them back to the rightful owners, really, because they can turn up in junk shops or they turn up on eBay, and these are parts of people's history or people's, people's family history. And I just try and give that bit back to them. They might fill a gap for them in their researches. What triggered this? What made you start doing it? Well, I was in a few years ago. I was in Grasmere, and there's a shop in Grasmere which which has a big display of postcards, uh, these old postcards. And I was rooting through them and just looking at them, just curious, while my wife was uh, somewhere else in the shop buying knickknacks and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I found this one from, and it was actually from 1948, and it was a picture of Alderborough in East Anglia. And I knew vaguely that there was a, a, fe- a festival associated with Alderborough uh, to do with Benjamin Britain. And when I read the message on it it was actually referring to the first Alderborough festival and that just piqued some curiosity in me and a couple of days later I went back and bought the postcard and thought who are these people this um, there's someone called Meek and someone called Randall who the postcards were between and uh, I ended up going onto the ancestry site and looking up the family and finding out who they were and it turned out that it was a dead family tree and there was no prospect of getting this back to anybody but it just started my interest so I started buying other postcards and doing that and I have managed to get these postcards back to people to the rightful owners. I think it's absolutely fascinating when I was looking at your website yesterday doing some research there was one and it's from somebody posted in Stafford going to somebody in Stoke-on-Trent and all totally familiar places for me I've lived in Stafford not all my life but the vast part of my uh, history comes from that area and uh, I was like oh my goodness and the name of one of the um, I think the recipient was Godwin which is a really big family name there they're a big removal company and it was just it was just so interesting and fascinating that you'd got their family tree on there just it was amazing do you find that you just get completely lost in the research yeah, when I'm up researching a tree, I can just go into a into a shell trying to find out how extensive it is because you're actually what you're trying to do is trying to get a link to somebody who, who's alive today who that might belong to. I did try a few times of actually reaching out to people to say, I've got this postcard, but people don't always respond well to that. So, so what I've ended up doing is leaving things out there, leaving family trees on the ancestry site and waiting for people to come to me, really. You go into lots of detail on the website. You have the picture and then you have deciphered the writing, which is really helpful because uh, as, it's as best I can. It's quite it's quite tricky. Ian's had a go at deciphering some of those. It's not easy, is it? I actually love the writing when I'm looking at the post because it was a different time. Yes. People are using fountain pens, you know, there's no biros or ballpoints or anything. And the writing has a kind of character that comes from I suppose that trying not to say technology, but <laughs> it comes from that technology and that era and, and it really places it. But some people's writing, you kind of think, how did it ever get there? Uh, yes. And the, the way the address is, sometimes the addresses are wrong as well. <laughs> you sometimes search the census for the address first because you can't properly read the name and that gives you the name. 
but sometimes they've actually got the wrong address and sometimes they're just vaguely the, the, the address because there's no postcodes in those days. So it's just, it's just trying to get it to the right village. The postman will know where they live. I suppose when you've got small villages that actually a post a postman or postwoman would know those people intimately anyway, they'd know where they live or you know they, you hear about those postcards that say john in so and so village it's the fourth house on the mm. left you know those sort of things so people there's less people and more sort of knowledge about the community so how how do you start so if you see you see an interesting postcard in a shop and you buy it how do you start with that piece of research i often start with the with the address well, you start with the postmark and you say, well, what date is this? So what's the likelihood, if it's 1906, what's the likelihood that that person was living in that address in 1901 or in 1911? Because that's the period of the census. And you start from there. And once, once you've identified an individual, then you can start building up the tree because you can see family groups in the census. So therefore, you can build up the parents and the siblings. And, and from there, you can look search the individuals, find out who they married, whether they had children, who their parents were, that sort of thing. That's how you build it up gradually. What attracts you to the card? That's the other thing, because I think when you look at cards, quite often people would have their photos taken and make that into a postcard. You see lots of those. So when you're making that decision about buying a card, is it like the story on the back or is it the card or is it a combination of both? For me, it's has it got a clear date? Has it got a clear address? Because then that, that means that I'm going to have something to be able to work with. So it's, it's a postmark clear because I'm more interested in the people than the card. So if you look at card collectors, they collect cards for a, a wide variety of reasons. So there'll, there'll be some who are interested in the manufacturer of the card. There's some completists who are trying to collect a set of cards and like you collecting bubblegum cards or whatever. There are some people who like the image of the location because they like to see it and see, can I see that location in reality now and see how it's changed from when the card was produced? There are some people, they are pictures of film stars, for example, or entertainers. There are an awful lot of postcards with someone called Marie Studholm on, <laughs> who was a variety artist. Yeah, loads and loads and loads of these are publicity photos, I suppose. So people collect them for different reasons. I've got a, a collection of one postcard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually bought it on eBay. It's a postcard from the Tower of London. It's a picture of a yeoman warder in dress uniform, and it's my granddad. Oh, right. Good. This picture was taken in the, I guess, late 60s or early 70s when he was at the Tower. And the story behind this picture was that uh, Beefeater Gin stole it and tried to use it in an advert, and there was a huge furore about it. I have this sort of mint condition postcard of him which is a really great thing to remember him by well no that's that's right what i often wonder when when you see postcards which are like a a shot of a beach or a shop of a promenade which you often get on the seaside postcards i just wonder who those people were Mm. they're caught in a moment in time and they're walking up down the street and they're dressed in their edwardian finery and you just think well who who were they what happened to them that's the sort of thing i look at uh, when i look at the reverse and, and the messages and everything say who they were so um, you know that that's what draws me in those messages and the, and the human the human contact side of it 
I always wonder if there's some guy standing at the side of the road or whatever with this massive box camera taking this picture. Must have been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when smaller cameras came along, but I just have this vision of these people trying to go about their business without looking as though everyone's staring at this, this insane spectacle. Well, yeah, I mean, you see some of them and it's obvious that you know, in the 1900s, it must have been on a big tripod mm. and they're taking this photo. And sometimes someone is looking at them and then other people are just getting on with their lives at the, at the side. It's, it's very interesting. I think that was quite normal, though, isn't it? It's like when you go on holiday and uh, you're skiing and then there are loads of people on the slopes taking photos and then they're flogging you the pictures at the end or when you go to Alton Towers and you have your picture taken. It was of its time. So we have we have a couple of pictures of my husband's parents who were obviously at seaside and uh, had a snap taken um, as they're walking along. It's such a lovely picture of them because, you know, they're on holiday and they're smiling and stuff. But I think that was very much of the time. So those are quite popular sort of pictures. I think photographers made a good living by doing that and taking photos and selling them, you know, particularly at at seaside resorts. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. but again, they're, they're just moments in time, aren't they, of somebody's yes. holiday or somebody's life. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated. I spent a long time <laughs> yesterday reading all the stories and uh, looking at all the different cards. Um, Did you come across the mirror writing one? Oh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Tell us more about that one. OK, this is this is my biggest success, this one. Ooh. So I saw on eBay a card that had been... Obviously, the message had been written in mirror writing, and it's perfect mirror writing because it is as if it's been written normally, but you can only read it in the mirror. And I bought it, and then there were realised that there were two more, so I bought the um, bought these three cards, and I did the research and I opened them out, and I think it was from um, the surname of the person they were sent to was Simmons, and I put them up there and I built the the website and it's and it turned out that these people got married to each other eventually so they're obviously using the mirror writing as some sort of code to to make sure that their cards weren't being read and then i got this email via the ancestry site to say who are you why have you built this family tree of our family and i said well actually i've just got these postcards and the story that came back and i said you can have them you know there's no there's no charge or anything i don't i don't charge with this I just, you know, tell me where to send them. And it turns out that this was this person's grandparents. And when they had died, their father, so so the son of these people, had just cleared the house and thrown everything out and they didn't have anything to remember their grandparents by. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So that these these three postcards were the only thing that they they had. And they were written in mirror. So it was all, all very... Uh, I got a really lovely card from this woman sent to me and saying thank you very much for you. And that's my biggest success at reuniting things. It's a fabulous story. That's incredible. We've spoken about this before that, you know, my father was killed when I was six weeks old. So anything that I find that's got his writing on it or that he held or that was his is a, a bridge to the past for me yeah. and that yeah. sounds like these postcards were like a bridge to the past for that family as well yes 
and other people have contacted me and I've sent sent postcards over to America where people have now resettled and stuff and they it is just that reminder and these postcards they belong to those people they don't they don't they don't belong to me you wonder how they ended up on eBay in the first place yeah i had a postcard collection when i left home and set up my own house i actually got rid of my collection so they're all out there yeah people do just do house clearances and get rid of stuff don't they yes yes I'm fascinated by our local auction house as well. We have an auction house in Ilkley because Ilkley is the town with everything. Um, <laughs> and the auction house sells, if you go and look on the website for particular auctions, they have boxes of, sometimes there's house clearances and things like that. And they have boxes mm-hmm. of things where they just say, box of miscellaneous stuff. And postcards and things like that are all muddled up in these auctions. So I imagine there's some business thought somewhere was people someone who goes to auctions and buys things from house clearances and stuff like that oh yeah oh yeah dusts them up. well you you can you can go in on ebay and you can get buy a bundle so i'll i'll it'll, it'll just say right well the, there's a bundle of 40 postcards here you can't see them you know some of them are used some of them aren't so they've just been gathered or hoovered out of out yeah. of some sort of house clearances and and um there we are all sorts of things available when you look at it because i know a mutual acquaintance of ours, Ian, Pete Doyle. Oh, yeah. He buys wedding albums. Oh wow! And tries to reu- reunite them with the people, mainly wow. in the Liverpool, mainly in the Liverpool area, and he's he's managed to do that. You know, managed to get a wedding album to somebody who is in one of the photos as a baby. Oh, incredible! You know, That's you know amazing. That, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that sort of thing's out. So that's sort of what I'm doing. I mean, um, as I said, the people people collect postcards for all sorts of other things. And I don't know if you come across the postcard from the past book of the Twitter account. No, but we'll be looking at that. There's another guy. <laughs> that That's another guy. He has a Twitter account and he's got a book out of it. And he has a podcast out of it as well, where he just takes a snippet from the message, which he finds amusing. And posts out there. So these typically from like 60s and 70s holiday postcards, you know, but you get strange messages in there. But that's his interest in them. You know, he's not interested in the people. He's just interested in those snippets of messages. And there are fascinating messages. One of, one of my favorite ones that I've got is, um, is a 1906, and it's it's was sent to a guy called um, George Wood. And the message is something like, um, I've tried the evolutions, and they didn't work. And that's all it says. <laughs> Absolutely no idea what the background of that is. It's uh, in Rochester or somewhere like that. I've tried the evolutions. They didn't work. <laughs> I'm just reading one at the moment. It says, as to myself, I'm just having a ripping time. Yeah. I've got, I've got another, one, another, <laughs> another strange one that said something like, I'm going to write to you about the blue material. Which... <laughs> Um, in 1902, I suspect meant some sort of fabric. <laughs> you see, that would be my first thing, but you, yeah, clearly <laughs> yeah. other people's minds are elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... um, I've got another one. I don't know if I've ever shared the, this picture, where it's obviously written in code and completely impenetrable code that this this person has written this thing on to a to a, a woman in Middlesbrough, and it's just numbers and symbols, and it could mean anything. Ooh. 
You see, that's just intrigue, isn't it? That's just intrigue right there. You just want to have a look at them much more so than the the ones that just say Happy Christmas. Oh, yeah. Well, that's (laughs) it. They were also used commonly for birthday and Christmas cards as well. Yeah. Awful lot of them were, were were just like that. And then those tend to have horrible pictures on the front. Yeah, so I think you're quite scathing about some of the pictures sometimes. I was looking at one <laughs> yesterday, this really cute girl, and you were like, hmm, this looks a bit sort of like creepy. I was like, well, some, really cute. some of them are. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> the trouble is, you, you, you put a, 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 a 2000s uh, perspective on it, and some of them look, that, that's, that, uh, uh, that's yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you have a fascination with the stories, and I just think it, I absolutely think it's its fascinating. As a piece of social history, really, isn't it? This is, these are real people and just a glimpse into their lives. So why do you think a project like Ghost Postcards is important to us now? Um, well, I, I think it's important to, as I say, my, my primary objective is to reunite these things with the people who own them, that the bits of their past have been lost. But also by putting the messages out there, um, and some people might take those as the most interesting part of them, you do get that central social history. The idea that someone will send a postcard that says, I'm catching this train, you know, later in the day, and the postcard will get there before before the train will, or I'm going to come round at half past five. Because you used to have, you know, three, four posts a day in those days, and, and people would be able to arrange it's uh, one of the one of the common stories is that you could uh, arrange to meet for tea, get the acceptance, and then send out the cancellation all in the same day. <laughs> um, uh, you know, because but um, but that's a that's another aspect of social history. The things that people talk about in in these postcards. Um, sometimes it's just uh, like the weather, just like you might might do today. Someone says, you know, I've gone, I'm here today, and it's raining. You know. Strangely, very rarely, as far as I can make out, do people talk about great events of the day. You know, there's no things about elections or things like that. Whereas you look back at history, you know, look at look back at history and you expect people to be talking about things like that, big events of the day. But they're, they're probably not, you know. You, you get that history magnifying glass of saying, oh, you know, Hitler invading Poland or whatever, then would, would be the, the big thing. But probably the postcards of that time, we've got nothing, nothing about Hitler or anything in them at all, because it's just people's ordinary lives that they're getting on with. Um, I've become very fascinated by the way in which the kind of electronic world and the internet and mobile phones and things like that have slowly taken over things like photography, where you would have a paper photograph. And, you know, you've got SMSs and emails and things like that where we have those little correspondences about, you know, I'm coming for tea. Oh, no, you can't come now. But what do you think is the closest analogue that we have today to the way people used postcards back then? Texting. Is that it? Absolutely texting, yeah. They would have used, in those days, they would have dashed off of a thing, and sometimes you get them and they look like they've been written on (laughs) someone's travelling in a bus or a car or something. And they do it, and they can just post it, and it can be there in a couple of hours. That's the nearest equivalent. A proper email, that would be a letter. Because the, the social historians of tomorrow are going to be really scuppered by our period in time where we have almost no printed photographs and everything is uh, ephemeral. Oh, yes, digitised. But, I mean, you do have that mining that you can do of all the digital stuff, but it's not as easy to 
Well, mate, in some ways, it's easier to find it because you can search for keywords. Whereas if you've got a box of postcards, you're not going to be able to search that for keywords. That's true. But the texts and the messages on people's phones and stuff like that, the photos are just almost none of them will ever escape from those those boundaries. They're all there, though, aren't they? They're all being recorded. <laughs> all, uh, up in the... You two are sounding really similar. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Do you think that people still write postcards, though? They do. They do, um, and they they commonly, I mean, you you get still get seaside postcards or or postcards in in towns and pictures, but also you get promotional fo- postcards in uh, galleries and um, museums. My wife is always buying postcards, mm. although she doesn't send them; she buys them, and, th- and that's what people do. They they'll pick up postcards and and they'll they'll use them. So I think there's still quite a few postcards going about. To be fair, I I did that. We we um we have a little camper van and we travel around Europe and stuff like that. And I like this holiday. I've not taken any digital stuff at all, but I do get a little peed off with you go to mm-hmm. the Louvre or um the is it the Reich Museum in uh, Amsterdam? And everybody's taking pictures. I'm of a picture. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look at it. And then go and buy the postcard because that's exactly the same picture and it's much better than your actual photo. So I still do buy, yeah, I probably like your wife, I still do buy postcards of pictures that I've seen in galleries and pieces of work, you know, piece of art, rather than taking a photo of it. Um, so, but, but you're yeah. buying what you're buying there is a photo. You're not buying it as a postcard in order to send to somebody. I suppose so. I'm I'm buying it as a memory of. Uh, of that it's not necessary i might send it or, or i might use them um as little notes if i'm sending a parcel like i quite often do that mm. um yeah but yeah not yeah. in the traditional it, the weather's lovely i'm having lovely time wish you were here <laughs> not that sort of thing but on the other hand i mean if you, if you go down the sinister route again if you start using postcards for sending important messages it's more difficult for the stasi to intercept them and 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 rebots on them Okay, well, Ooh. that's yeah. <laughs> okay, well, moving swiftly on. Um... <laughs> I did read on the World Postcard Day website about how postcards took off quite slowly because people were concerned that the servants would be able to read the contents of them. Well, hence, hence the need to write in mirror writing and code. Exactly. I think we've all done that. Yeah, because I think these people I found the 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 cards for were servants were in domestic service rather than not wanting the servants to read them they didn't want the people of the house to read them so out of your collection what is your favorite card my favorite card well the the one the ones I've, I've spoken about really the the one about where the guy just says i've tried the evolutions because i that I, I come back to that one over and over again i just cannot understand what what that's all about and the ones that were, were mirror written those are my favourites because I've been able to make that connection with somebody, being able to, to return something back to them. I'm fascinated by this idea of modern day postcards as well. And I found on the World Postcard Day website, they actually have a PDF of a postcard that you can send on World Postcard Day. And that's their thing. They want everyone to send postcards. Mm. Have you lost your thread there? Well, you know me, I never have much of a thread anyway. <laughs> But I do want to say something to encourage people to send a postcard because I think how wonderful that will be. Well, the thing to think about is what's it like to receive one? 
when you get something coming through the post and you realize that someone's actually made the effort to 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 write something down and post it to you there is there's something gratifying about receiving things in the post like that rather than just getting a a, a ping on your phone and getting a an email that somebody's badly typed and spell checkers changed the words around and <laughs> obliterated the meaning of what, what it what it was whereas if you've got actually somebody has taken the time to write something down what i did i think i did this this for you a while ago and I, I wrote a postcard took a photo of it and eat and texted yes, it to you that was wonderful yeah well there you go you see the difference is that you get it through the post but you know sending a postcard digitally you can you can do that as well of course but you don't get the picture on the other side I just like the idea of going to the post box and popping something in and it arriving, not necessarily the next day, but at some point. Because, yeah, I, I love getting stuff through the post as long as the dog doesn't eat it. But the, there, is one, there is one problem, and that is you need to know the postal address. And I don't think uh, a lot of people know the postal address of the people that they communicate with as opposed to the email address or the phone number. I think you're right. I have six kids and I'm like, right, can somebody tell me what your what your, your posted <laughs> postal address is? Because they sort of like and I think this is um a societal thing sort of at the moment is that they do move around a lot. Um mm. because they're renting. Yes, the renting that the means that they, they do move around a lot. Yeah, I'm just keeping tabs on my kids is just like enough, let alone all my friends. <laughs> my friends but yeah i think that is an issue people don't know other people's addresses you can be really good friends for, with somebody and still not know their address for example Ian, we we communicate digitally on a really regular basis i have no idea what your address is <laughs> well you know it ends in ilkley i know where he lives and i don't <laughs> you always used to get like a little address books didn't you you don't see those anymore i don't think I, so. I don't know. I have some people's addresses in my contacts list on my phone. I just don't. I don't keep it in writing anywhere. Are they home addresses or are they work addresses? Some of each. I mean, it depends who they are, how I know them, and often it might be because I had to send them something once. Or alternatively, you could go back to the old way of doing it and just write their name and the village or town they live in and hope that it gets there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a physical description of them. So if somebody's got a postcard and it's sort of been tucked in a book or whatever and they particularly sort of like that and they think it's got something to do with their family, what should they do with it? Uh, well, they could send it to me and I could try and find out more about it. Or they could do their own research and go on to one of the ancestry sites and start to do their family tree, which is part of the attraction for me is, is, is that re- level of research. And it's not just postcards. One of the things I have on there is a letter that somebody had actually sent me, a letter, and said, I found this between the pages of a book that I bought in an old bookshop. And it was all about shares in a mining company around in Bolton. <laughs> and uh, he asked me to find out what I could about it. I did that, and that's on the site as well. John, thank you very much indeed for joining us. It was my pleasure. We've really enjoyed the conversation and learned something a bit about postcards, although I feel I should now go and send one. I think you should. Definitely, you could send one to me. <laughs> I think I've even got your postal address. So if people want to find out a little bit more about ghost postcards, where should they go, John, to find you? Well, my website is ghostpostcards.com and there's a, an email address at ghostpostcards at gmail.com. 
there's a Twitter account and an Instagram account as well where they can and see some of the postings that I've made. And I'd, I'd love to hear from people. We'll put the email address and those links into the show notes. Thanks again to John for joining us. I was absolutely fascinated. I loved all the stories, especially the mirror writing. I am waiting to find out more about that. If you fancy receiving a postcard, drop us a line at us at dayspodcast.com and we'll post you an exclusive Days Podcast postcard with a special message from both of us in actual handwriting. Ooh, I better get practising right now with my posh pen. (laughs) Yes, but we'll be back soon with another episode and we're looking for another fun but informative topic. Suggestions on a postcard, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's my best BBC local radio voice. Suggestions on a postcard, please. Well, I vote for something edible because it seems ages since World Bacon Day. You know, it's only a month ago, right? Yeah, but I'm pining for the food episodes. Never mind. Uh, The best way to make sure you catch whatever our next episode is and the future ones is to visit our website at dayspodcast.com and from there you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and others and find links to our social feeds. I'm sure there's no need to mention our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram accounts and how you should be liking and following us there. Is there? No need in the world at all. However, please do rate us in your podcast app and tell people about us, whether that's your friends, family or colleagues. Perhaps you could send them a postcard. That's a great idea. Please tell them all about us and the gourmet but faintly piratical day's podcast with its hint of rum. Ooh, thanks for listening and bye Bye for for now. now.